Hey friend, welcome to the Authentically ADHD podcast with me, your host, Carmen. I'm a certified life coach, a teacher, and an ADHDer, and I'm here to talk all things ADHD with you, give you the latest research, facts, and tips, of course, strategies to help. So being diagnosed later in life was very difficult for me, so I've made it my mission to help as many people as I can so that no one has to feel the way that I did. Are you ready? Let's get started. Hi, and welcome to Authentically ADHD with me, your host, Carmen. I'm so excited that you're here. I'm a teacher, a life coach, a late diagnosed ADHDer, and I created this podcast to help others improve their lives the way I have by learning about myself through my coaching program focus and learning about my unique brain and how it works, and also by creating this space of community and connection. Are you ready for the episode? Let's get started. Hi friend, welcome back to the podcast. And if this is your first time listening, welcome to the tribe, my friend. You are on with me on Authentically ADHD. And today, I'm so glad that you pressed play. Because I'm talking about something very controversial. And that would be medication. ADHD and medication. This is a impulsive episode in true ADHD fashion, as a comment <clears throat> was made to me recently about taking medication for my mental health and about how it must be so great to have, you know, a pill that wakes me up and a pill that puts me to sleep. And I can tell you right now, I felt so small and so insignificant because these medications do not do what that comment said. Medications for ADHD level the playing field. Now, because this topic is medication and I am not a doctor of any kind, I'm a teacher, I'm an ADHDer, and I'm a life coach. And I just so happen to do a lot of research about ADHD about the different parts of it, the complexities of it, and that includes medication. So the info that you hear in this episode is coming from my own experience and from the information in Taking Charge of Adult ADHD by Dr. Russell Barkley. So please keep in mind that I am not a doctor. This is just me sharing with you about ADHD medications, why maybe you should consider taking them, and what they are, what your choices are about them. So now that I've made sure I'm staying in my own lane, let's talk ADHD and medication. Are you ready? Let's get started. So why take medication? Well, this is why I'm putting this episode out here today. And... I'm going to be honest with you, it's not super comfortable because medication is super controversial. 
um, I've heard medication referred to as a drug, um, which to people like me who take medication daily to act as a functional human being adult, being told that I have to take drugs every day, mm, when I have an addict for a brother, that doesn't feel good in my body. So I have had to learn how to deal with people who are not as educated, who are a little bit um, naive and maybe just are uneducated about medication and how it works. And that, you know, everybody is an autonomous adult and we can do whatever the hell we want because of that fact. So again, why take medication? To put it simply, it works. But there's a whole ton of stigma around medication in general, especially for ADHD. But the research shows that medications are the most effective treatment available for ADHD, being twice as effective as the non-medication medication approaches. I'm going to repeat that for emphasis. Research shows that medications are the most effective treatments available for ADHD being twice as effective than non-medical approaches. So here are some other reasons my, why you might want to consider taking medication. Your workplace evaluations might be getting increasingly negative. You might be about to lose your job due to organizational skills or missing appointments. Maybe you drive recklessly and so in turn, you have a lot of tickets and or you're in trouble a lot. Maybe you've lost your license. Um, maybe your significant other and you fight a lot and it's not getting any better and you are about to lose that person. Uh, you might have a lot of work to do independently, like you work from home and you can't rely on other people to structure your day to tell you when to be at work, you know, when to go home, when to have lunch, things like that. Um, you impulsively spend money and can't seem to save money like an adult can to pay your bills and you seem to always have late notices and you might be, you know, about to lose your house. Now I'm going from small things almost to the extremes, but I'm going to tell you right now that the reason I started medication was because I was about to lose my job. We will just leave it at that. Um, some other reasons are you might be on the verge of a divorce. Uh, you've tried other therapies and your symptoms did not improve. Maybe you're chronically late, you miss deadlines, miss appointments, and it's not going well for you. Those late fees, those can be annoying. <laughs> I forgot to move my car out of the street, so I have 600 tickets from leaving my car in the street for $30 because that is the law here um, in my town where I live. There are a plethora of reasons. You might just be tired of living life on damage control and you want to stop feeling demoralized by not achieving what you had hoped to at this point in your life. And then one of the other main um, reasons is that you want to get sober from substance use disorder. And I'm going to add on to this is that a lot of people that are jailed for certain offenses and a lot of people that are using substances usually go and they are end up end up being diagnosed with ADHD anyways. Now, I want you to hear me here because medication by itself 
is not going to solve your problems because pills don't teach skills. Medication does level the playing field though. So you can take advantage of other resources like therapy and coaching to enhance the medication. Actually, taking medication makes you able to do therapy and to seek out coaching. That's, that's a big key that I want you to remember about taking medication. Research shows that ADHD medication can normalize the behaviors of 50 to 65% of those with ADHD, and it results in substantial improvements. I am a product of this. It also shows that these medications actually correct or compensate for the neurological problems that come along with ADHD. Side note, fewer than 10% of people with ADHD will not have a positive response to at least one of the ADHD medications. So that means 90% of people with ADHD see some sort of positive outcome from taking one of the types of medication. And I think that's pretty amazing. Hi friend, could you do me a huge favor? If you're not already, could you scroll up to the top of your podcast app and click that follow button and possibly give me a rating and, if you could, a review? It would mean so much to me and my goal to get as much information out to the people with ADHD as possible. I appreciate you so much for listening. Thank you, and let's get back to the show. So how do these medications work? People with ADHD have less electric, electrical activity in the brain. Our brains are also structured differently than typically developing brains. Mainly, we just have like smaller regions, such as the prefrontal cortex, making the neurotransmitters, the little messages that go across your brain, dopamine and norepinephrine, not as available to us because our brains send too little or too much, or our brains suck it up too fast. So the communication in the brain does not work as it should. The what we have to do and the steps to do it, along with the emotional regulation, are all impacted by this. Um, and the brain, when the brain doesn't work as it should in that way, not responding to stimulation, impulse control, and it does not kick in when it should, your impulses, they don't. Um, All of these things have to do with the way that our brains are wired, and medication causes these nerve cells to put out more of the neurochemicals, reducing the quote-unquote noise in the nerve signal and increasing the brain's ability to send the correct messages at the right time and for the right reasons. Before I jump into the types, I just want to add my position on medication. And no, I will not be sharing what I take because I want you to make your own decisions about that. I will say that I am on a stimulant and I do have combined ADHD. Again, I am not a doctor, so please do not take this as any type of 
I'm telling you what type of medication to take or that what I take works. And I will not be sharing that, but I do take them. Being late diagnosed with ADHD as an adult, being a child felt hard. Everyday tasks were dreadful and I felt as if I was always wading through water as I tried to be the best I could. I remember going in so deep into daydreams, specifically like in the third and fourth grade during like history or science, like subjects I was not interested in. I would go so deep into daydreams that it like teachers would have to say my name multiple times to get me out of them. I escaped into my own little world in my brain. So as I grew older, I did learn about ADHD and I ended up becoming my own advocate and I went to get a full evaluation. I was misdiagnosed several times before this and I was put on medications that actually were not the right medications. A lot of the times, women with ADHD, especially when it's late diagnosed, are misdiagnosed with bipolar disorder, other mood disorders, generalized anxiety disorder, depressive disorder, and or some other mental health illness that they may have. But I'm sorry if the ADHD, no, I'm not sorry. If the ADHD is not being treated, you're not treating the whole human. They're treating your symptoms. So I do urge you to become your own advocate. If you do believe that you do have ADHD and medication is something that you want to try, keep finding doctors that believe in ADHD because there are a lot of them that don't. There are a lot of them that think that ADHD is overdiagnosed, and I don't believe that to be true. I do believe it to be true for little boys who are hyper. I do believe that that needs to change, but I do not believe that it's overdiagnosed in adults. I do believe that we are misdiagnosed with other things and then finally found out to have ADHD, but I don't I don't believe that this misdiagnosis should be happening this this badly. Um, mental health evaluations are hard to get, so you literally have to advocate for yourself and tell a doctor, I want a full psychological neuropsych test exam. I want the full evaluation. It's long. It takes like two or three days. But it's worth it because you get your entire diagnosis. It's like nine pages about your brain after you take these different tests and answer these different questions and things. And it's not just filling out a checklist, friends. Just filling out a checklist saying, I can't focus. Like anybody can do that and tell you that you have ADHD. But if you want to get to the root of your issue, I strongly urge you to ask for a neuropsych evaluation a full one that is the test. All right, as I jump off my soapbox, and when I got diagnosed, I was uh, first I was diagnosed as ADHD uh, inattentive type severe uh, with generalized anxiety disorder, and I just want to clear something up about generalized anxiety disorder. That doesn't just mean that you generally have anxiety like everybody else. I'm going to let that sink in. Generalized anxiety disorder does not mean that you're just generally anxious like other people. It means you're generally always anxious about everything. So it's actually a very acute disorder, but because of its name, again, it's perceived as something that's not a big deal, but it is.
And I was also diagnosed with seasonal affective disorder because my vitamin D levels drop in the winter. So, yeah. It was not until that, it was not until I uh, had to stay in a mental hospital for a week and they observed my behavior that they said, you know, you are actually a combined type severe ADHD. You don't have, you're not inattentive type, you have combined ADHD, meaning that they needed to observe me for a week to give me the actual type of my medication or medication of my diagnosis, actual type. It wasn't that they misdiagnosed me. They just got the type wrong, even with that two-day test. It wasn't until after I stayed in this place for five or six days that they were able to correctly diagnose and treat me. So I was prescribed medicine and I did need to do some trial and error, but now I'm on the right medication and it works for me. I literally remember crying after taking it for the first time, wondering, like, this is what it's actually like to feel quote-unquote normal. I was literally amazed. I also believe medication should go hand-in-hand with therapy, coaching, or another avenue that helps give you a sense of community because that's just human nature. We need to be around people that are like us, who understand us, and ADHDers understand each other. I'm sure a lot of times you're like, oh my god, Carmen, what you're saying is like totally what happens in my brain. Friend, it's because I have ADHD too, and I know how your brain works because my brain works that way as well. So the other part of the why is that being medicated makes the process of finding therapy, coaching, and self-development easier to do. Because think about it, there's all the steps involved and all the executive function to seek out a therapist that you like and or a coach and then validate their credentials and then also to stay motivated to do the work on yourself with said therapist or coach. Medication helped me in that respect and I know it's helped a lot of my client, of clients of mine and some of my peers who have ADHD. I also want to say that if you have issues with your self-worth or there's big emotions about trying medication, I highly encourage you to seek out therapy or a coach who can help you uh, with your mindset if this is something that you want to change. The other big part of the why is that being medicated is something that will help you in areas of your life that you feel are in chaos. Now, what are your options? Let's talk about the types. Again, I want to stay in my lane. So I'm gonna state again that I am not trying to convince you to take medication. I am not a doctor and you are an adult. I want you to decide what it is that you want, okay? I don't want you to take this episode as I'm telling you what to do. I am not doing that. I am simply informing you of information that I have learned. And most of this next part of this, the last part of this episode is coming straight out of one of my favorite books, Taking Charge of ADHD by Dr. Russell Barkley. And this is linked in the show notes if you're interested in reading that book. I highly recommend it. It has changed my life. 
So there are three types of medications for ADHD that each work in their own way. There's the stimulants, non-stimulants, and the alpha-2 antihypertensive medications. Yes, there are three types. Now, the first one is the stimulants, and this one is probably one of the ones that you've heard of or that you're um, more aware of. Maybe you didn't even know that there were other types because these are the ones that are stigmatized. If you're listening in real time, they're stigmatized to the max right now, and there's a shortage on medication for ADHD, and there's a federal investigation going on about the number of prescriptions that are being given out. And just imagine how hard this makes it to get your stimulant medication. I can tell you from firsthand experience that this is hard. It's very troublesome to have to figure out how to take your medication when there is a shortage on it. You can only get it partially filled, and there are federal laws about it, and there are rules in your insurance about it. But I'm going to hop off that soapbox and just start to inform you. Again, most of this information is coming straight from the book. Like, I am almost reading it word for word, or I'm just synthesizing it to make it sound simpler. So, <sighs> stimulant medications are methylphenidate and amphetamines. Those are the two types of stimulants, and they help by <laughs> remaining in the body and actively controlling ADHD symptoms. A lot of people wonder why ADHD medication, like a stimulant, wouldn't make us more antsy than we already are. That's because the term stimulant is misleading. Stimulant medications like methylphenidate or amphetamine do make people without ADHD more alert and awake because your brain is typically developing. But this, <laughs> this isn't how it works for an ADHD brain. We have under stimulation in our brain. We are always seeking stimulation for the dopamine. So these stimulants stimulate the activity in the frontal regions of the brain, improving inhibition, sustained attention, and other executive functions that are necessary for typical self-regulation and literally just like living your life day to day. A lot of people also believe that stimulants are not safe, that they are addictive, or that they may cause heart attacks or other strokes and things like that. From the book that was written by a doctor, stimulants do increase heart rate and blood pressure, but only as much as like climbing half flight of stairs. And there's no evidence that they cause high blood pressure for those who didn't already have it to begin with. So they don't cause heart attacks or strokes or heart problems unless you already had a pre-existing condition with your heart. And before they put you on a stimulant, they put you through tests to make sure you don't have a thyroid issue, a heart, heart issue, or something else like a blood pressure issue that would impede with you taking a stimulant. So they are safe. And yes, can they be abused? Yes. But if they're taken orally like you're supposed to, as the doctor instructs, it's actually a very, very low like it's like a two there's like a two percent chance 
that you'll get addicted to the drug. And the physical dependence on it is more mental than psychological. You can refer to an episode in I Have ADHD by Kristen Carter, where she talks with Dr. Russell Ramsey about medication. Just go to her podcast. I will link that in the show notes too. Um, I, you know what? I'm just going to link that episode in the, in the podcast notes for you too, so you can get some more information from Dr. Russell B. himself, because he is a wonderful person. So... How long can you take these? People also, they get, you know, worried about taking these medications for a long time. And there have been studies that taking these medications for years and years and years does not treat, does not negatively impact your body or your health. I mean, everybody is different, but the research that I'm literally looking at right now in this book says that that's not likely. Now, there are some side effects with the stimulants, and they're common, Um, and you can switch up doses, you can switch up the type of uh, medication you're given. You know, I can give you a little bit here saying that, you know, I did try one medication, and I did not like the um, headaches that it gave me and things like that, so they did switch me, and the, the one I'm on now is much better. But these side effects can include insomnia, loss of appetite, weight loss, headaches, nausea or upset stomach, anxiety, irritability, motor tics, and increased muscle tension. They do cause some of these side effects, but that varies and ranges from person to person. So if your side effects are bad with one type, you can try a different type or lower your dose. Your doctor will know and tell you what to do about that especially with treating the symptoms i mean i mean i could sit here and tell you all day what you can do with your medications um (laughs) in order to you know uh, help with your side effects but um that's not something that i want to go into because again i want to stay in my lane of just telling you you know about the medication So there are several, and actually when I was doing my research, I didn't even realize that there were some of these types of uh, ways that you could take stimulants for children and adults. So they have them in pill form. And you know, the great thing about that is the rapid activation and the short duration of action when you only need it for a short amount of time. But the con to that is you gotta remember to take your next dose. If you have to take it several times a day and memory working memory yeah it's not one of our strengths so it's kind of not not great then there's something called the pump i was not aware of this it is this water-based pump and it delivers the drugs to the body keeping them in the bloodstream longer it's eight to twelve hours of symptom control from one dose and it says here in the book that it's possibly the best time release form of methylphenidate if you need to be at peak Uh, performance in the afternoon. Now, the pellets they talk about is different types of extended release medications. So these are basically the same as the pills. They're just made differently and they work in the body longer. Um, So you only have to take one dose. Also, these come in capsules, so they're easier to swallow for some people who have issues with swallowing the pills. 
There is something called the patch that you can wear. The symptom control goes for as long in a day as you want, and there's nothing to swallow. And then, but it does need to be removed several hours um, prior to bedtime to prevent insomnia, apparently. And then this one is the last one's the Pro Drug. This was in 2008, and it was a, another delivery system received FDA approval for it. And it's little to no potential for abuse and full day symptom control. And it has less uh, side effects than the rest of the ways that it is um, given uh, given to the body and the other ways that um, I mentioned before. Again, I'm tripping over words here because this is medicine stuff and I'm not a doctor, but I want you to have some of this information. So that's how stimulants can help you. And you might have side effects and, you know, it, this is where talking to your doctor and I'm talking psychiatrist friend. Please do not. Please, please, I beg you. If you have mental health medication, a psychiatrist should be in charge of them. General practitioners are great, but sometimes they're not as educated as as the psychiatrist on what types of medications can go together, cannot go together. Um, I had an incident where a general practitioner had me on two different medications that actually made me go manic and I don't have bipolar disorder. So I'm just gonna just gonna leave that there. Please find a psychiatrist to diagnose you or like to prescribe your medication. So let's talk about the non-stimulants. First there's adamoxetine or it's popularly known as Stratera. This is medication that interestingly was explored for years as a possible antidepressant when they abandoned that direction like we don't know why the company shelved the drug but then they began to look at it for a treatment for adhd it makes it a natural for treating disorder marked by a shortage of the chemical messenger of our nearby nerve of our nearby nerve cells that the norepinephrine reabsorbs really fast the atomoxetine is something that is, an, it's called an ADHD cognition enhancing drug. It works on the norepinephrine in your brain and it works on the serotonin in your brain. And yeah, it's effective. On average, it says here about 75% of people get positive effect from the stimulants or the non-stimulants. Some suggest that 50% of people respond positively to both types of medications, and 25% may respond better to a stimulant than the atomoxetine, while the remaining 25% may respond better to atomoxetine than to one of the stimulants. So, is atomoxetine safe? Um, it is safe. There are just other um, medical, like if you have other medications, it may interact with them. So your doctor can watch for that. And it has no abuse potential. So it's safe for that, which is great. <clears throat> Some side effects that can happen is uh, there is a black box warning, which means that there is a potential of suicidal thinking which and you should immediately stop taking the drug, that's what your doctor will say. Um, and it can increase your heart rate and blood pressure, though even less than the stimulants. So it doesn't even, it doesn't affect it more than the stimulants do. So the most common other side effects are nausea, dry mouth, dizziness or lightheadedness, 
Drowsiness, constipation, sweating, decreased libido or erectile dif- dysfunction, insomnia, or irritability. And insomnia and irritability are actually marked as very rare um, in, ad- in the side effect list. And last, but certainly not least, actually, I don't know if there's one more after this, but the next one is the alpha-2 hyper, uh, hypertensive drug, which is something they give people to manage high blood pressure. It's called guanfacine XR or Intunive. It's something you, it's a tablet that you swallow whole, and it is something that's really safe to prescribe to kids. So I am not advocating for children to be on medication. I am not going to share my views on that. I don't feel that that belongs here. I believe that every parent should do what they believe is best for their child. And I'm just gonna stop there. So it works really well to manage ADHD symptoms in some patients, especially the ones who have super, super bad hyperactivity because it like lowers your blood pressure. Um, but because the drug is hyper, hyper, anti-hyper intensive, that is a really hard word to say, friends. One of its side effects is reduced in blood pressure that can lead to a subjective feeling of like lightheadedness, maybe like faint. Um, in rare cases, people do faint, but that's rare. Um, some other side effects are dizziness, headache, irritability, low blood pressure, nausea, stomach ache, dry mouth constipation and reduced appetite. Now, the other thing about this medication is that it does take longer than any other medication to figure out the right dosage because it takes about four weeks to see the effectiveness of the drug, of the medication. And it, yeah, it takes longer. Um, So that's really one of the big cons about it is it takes longer to get on the right dose and it, since it is FDA approved for children, it can be a little bit hard. There is another drug called Clonidine XR, and it works in the same, it works in a very similar way. Mm-hmm. And then last but not least, <laughs> there was one more, is Bupropion, Wellbutrin. It is a drug that it was, it was developed for antidepressants, but it is sometimes used to treat adults with ADHD especially if they have anxiety or depression that goes along with it. It's not FDA approved for ADHD, so it's one of those off-label uses that that, um, doctors use it for. So medication is scary. I'm not going to lie. I was scared about medication when I first started taking it. But after finding the right treatment plan, the right doctors to listen to me, I finally been able to use the medications to help me use my tools okay and I mean I'm not saying I don't struggle recently I have been struggling with my mental health and I just start putting my layers back in place but the thing is here the thing that I'm trying to tell you is or just really encourage you is that something like medication can be scary but think about it like this Do you deserve to live a harder life because you have ADHD? Now, if you can't, if you can't manage or tolerate medication, that's a totally different story. And there are other things that you can do, which I will not go into in this episode because it's already long enough. Um, There are other things you can do to treat your ADHD. And I do believe that medication, it shouldn't just be 
medication. Pills don't teach skills, my friends. You should also have a combined therapy or coaching going along with your medication to have a full treatment plan. So I really hope this episode helped you understand the medication, maybe helped you um, lessen the stigma in your mind about it. And please connect with me. Let me know about any other topics that you want to hear about because you are the people that I make this podcast for. I appreciate you and I love you. And I am so, so, so grateful to all each and every one of you. Until next time, stay authentic, my friends. Hey, ADHD, are you looking for some more support with your ADHD? Do you want to learn more in a community with someone educated leading you to learn more about your ADHD and how to cope with it? I have great news for you. I am running my very first small group coaching this summer. It is the ADHD Bootcamp. Learn to manage your life with ADHD. It's nine weeks. You get access to workbooks, group coaching weekly, and I'm going to do an info session on April 3rd. You'll also get two one-on-one coaching calls with me to hone in on your goals for this program. I can't wait to see you in there. Make sure you go to the link in my show notes or visit authenticallyadhd.org to get more information and sign up for the info call. Can't wait to see you there.